0: Welcome back to the Dataless Podcast, everybody. I'm Noel. And I'm Brendan. We're back today to finish off the trade deadline talk that we started on Monday. Um, we also have our first interview coming up uh, with our very special guest, the doctor, NBA doctor, a uh, close friend of ours, volunteered to come on the podcast and kind of do our NBA preview. So stay tuned for that as well. Um. I know we have some NBA news to cover before we jump into that, so why don't we just get right into that?
1: Yeah, so obviously the details of Embiid's surgery um, came out. They said that he's going to be gone for at least four weeks. Um, I'm guessing it's probably more likely that it's going to be longer than that, Um mm-hmm. it's a- it's not an easy injury to come back from, but if they're saying 4 weeks, I'm assuming he had the more simple procedure done. Yeah. Um kind of aiming to come back. Um so it's it's interesting to see how that'll play out, um especially with his long-term health because this type of thing as we talked about with guys that were more familiar with like Robert Williams, um he had similar procedure done and we could kind of tell that he wasn't quite the same afterwards um, from like an explosiveness standpoint. So, um, that being said, it, it'll just be interesting to see how it plays out with, uh, the 76ers and, um, where they end up in the standings, if Embiid's ready to come back, um, and if they can make a run or not.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, when I heard the injury news and heard the potential results of the surgery, I thought he was going to be out for the rest of the year. But they're going to take the ultra conservative approach and, you know, just get the season ending surgery. Um, there's also kind of a medium approach where they would try the rest and recovery um, and then go for a longer term surgery. I wasn't even aware of this, you know, midterm surgery where he's going to be able to play in four to six weeks. Um, I think that's great for the 76ers. Kind of question remains if they're going to be able to make the playoffs and you know be a competitor that time uh, of the year. And I think Tyrese Maxey is going to really struggle to get them there. One thing that I do think that they have going for them, and this might not be for this year, but it could be for next year, is Tyrese Maxey is going to get some opportunity as the primary scorer on that team. And so when Embiid comes back, offense is going to be a lot easier for the 76ers. And that's a great thing for them. I think, you know, when you get Tyrese Maxey, a young guy, some more ball handling responsibility, it's not like Embiid's taking too much of that right now, but you know, primary scoring responsibility, he's going to get better at that. And, and beats going to come back and make his life a whole lot easier.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I, I mean, I can see a world in which that works. Um, but I can also see a world in which they lack the chemistry in the playoffs if MB comes back just for the playoffs, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I can definitely see a world where that just doesn't work out like like you think it might. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is an alternative view that could work.
0: All right. I like that perspective. Some optimism there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What else do you have for news for us from this week, the last two days? Um,
1: Yeah, so the other thing that we kind of talked about uh, was LeBron, you know, being in some trade discussions. uh, LeBron said that he's not going anywhere, he's not leaving the Lakers. um, So it kind of just solidified what we were already kind of thinking. He's with the Lakers, he's not going anywhere, and, you know, it's his league, anyways.
0: Yeah, 100%. I don't think the Lakers would move him without, you know, his consent. And then we talked about this in our interview that's coming up, but the, you know, cost of LeBron probably isn't worth it for that many teams in the league. I could think of a couple that might make sense, but, you know, for the most part, LeBron is going to go for a lot more than he's actually worth because there's a chance he brings a championship and there's other stuff that the doctor got into. Uh, pretty interesting
1: yeah and kind of our last piece of uh news i guess that happened last night was clay thompson got benched with seven minutes and however many seconds um left in the fourth um, the warriors ended up um, winning the game but kind of shows that they're in kind of a um a headspace that Clay is kind of on the way out. Um, it seems like they said that they're not going to move him at the trade deadline, but I don't know. He's their second scorer, um, second on the team mm-hmm. in points. It's hard to say because outside of Steph, there's not a whole lot going on for them outside of, you know, maybe a bright young star in Kaminga, but I don't really know, man. It's It's not looking good over there.
0: Yeah, it's going to be tough. And honestly, I didn't think the Warriors dynasty would end like this. You know, it felt like Clay kind of had more longevity than Steph. He wasn't as, you know, for me, Clay had a couple big injuries, but he wasn't as, you know, mobile and reliant on that mobility of a player. Um, I think he was really good even when he wasn't able to move a whole bunch. You know, he scored, what, like 63 points with eight dribbles or something that one time. Um, so I thought clay was going to age pretty well and his shooting was going to continue probably into his late thirties. Uh, it doesn't seem like that's the case. And I think they're going to potentially move on from him, which is kind of heartbreaking to see. I like when teams will ride off into the sunset with their stars. Um, but maybe they try to rebuild back around Steph. Maybe they trade Steph at this point. Uh, but this is kind of a signal that they're probably going to try to get some value out of clay because otherwise they probably would have played him last night.
1: Yeah, the Warriors are on their way out, and Steph's 35. You don't have time to rebuild around them. Um, so it'll be interesting. They either And they're way over the cap, so it's going to be hard to add people, um, and it might just be that they have to trade them, or whatever, let them go. Um, so end of the Warriors' dynasty in our eyes.
0: Yeah, I don't think they'll be making a comeback next year or anytime close to that.
1: And if they do, we probably should stop talking about the NBA.
0: I'm, I'm good on that, yeah. <laughs> we can just stick with somehow figuring a way to talk about NFL news for 12 months of the year, which is why we transferred <laughs> into the NBA, because that's kind of impossible.
1: Yeah, so outside of that, um, I think we can hop over to our remaining 15 teams that we need to cover for uh, the trade deadline.
0: All right, sounds good to me.
1: So So I know we left
0: off at the halfway point. Uh, Mm -hmm. What do we got next?
1: Yeah, so the next team we have is the Heat. Um, Kind of an interesting team right now. They lack size. That seems to be the biggest thing. Um, they got plenty of speed. Um, they play good defense regardless. Um, but the the Heat definitely have a need to stop teams like the Bucks and the Celtics. Um, mm-hmm. They don't match up the same way they did with the Celtics last year. And for that reason, the Celtics, I think, right now in a seven-game series are blowing them out of the water. Um, hope so. Yeah, I hope so, too. That would feel good. But... Um, <laughs> they they need to do something because they can't match up with Giannis they can't match up with Porzingis or whatever um so they need to add some guys some guys that have been rumored are um I don't even know how to say this guy's name Ayo Dosunmu. um another one was uh Chris Boucher and Nasir Little is it um, Chris Boucher <laughs> is is it
0: I think that's Boucher
1: I think that's the one I can correct
0: you on. I'm not sure about that first name. (laughs) Yeah,
1: we got Bobby Boucher. Um, Yeah, so they need to add some length. I don't know what your thoughts are over here.
0: Yeah, I definitely need to add length. Um, But it seems like they're kind of in a tough situation where they don't have many more assets after the Terry Rozier trade. So I don't really know what they can do. Um, there aren't a whole lot of cheap, you know, bigs on the, on the market right now. And there's definitely, as we talked about the other day, there's not a whole bunch of cheap wings either. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think they're going to struggle to find the the guy that they need for the value that they have. And realistically, that's going to put them in a really tough situation when they're trying to, you know, build around kind of the young core that they have now, but while maintaining Jimmy Butler and trying to compete now as well. So I think they're in a tough spot. I like some of the names mentioned here, but yeah, I think they're going to try to figure something out, but it's probably not going to go too well.
1: Yeah. They definitely lack that length and they're definitely a three and D team. Um, It's just going to be whether or not they can defend the paint. It looks like, because we know they can shoot and we know that they play smart basketball. They got a great head coach uh, but if the pieces aren't there, it just doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, let's move on to the Bucks. Uh, let's try to keep them moving this time. We got a pretty long interview coming up too, so we're gonna try to stick under an hour, fifteen or whatever we end up at. So,
1: uh, so then we got the Bucks. Um, the Bucks rumored with Matisse Thybulle, Royce O'Neal, Chris Dunn, um, some good pieces. They really just need to add some depth. Um, at a guy who can shoot, um, that would be nice. Um, but otherwise, they're they're a good team. They don't necessarily need to add anybody. It's kind of the same way the Celtics could add some depth. But
0: um, I think I would kind of contest that point right there. The Bucks have gone from 4th to 22nd in the NBA in defense ever since the Damian Lillard trade and moving off of Drew Holiday. So they need to add some defense at you know guard particularly shooting guard um the ideal trade target for the bucks right now would be somebody like Alex Caruso uh who would you know make a huge defensive step up he's i think he's been a, an instrumental factor in the bulls having like a top 10 defense last year and could really help them step up on the bucks but they're not going to be able to afford him so You know, finding a defensive-focused wing, potentially bringing back in Malcolm Brogdon, or not wing, sorry, shooting guard, potentially bringing back Malcolm Brogdon would be like their best play here. Um, And then there's a few other guys I can think of around the league that would also fill that role, but yeah, they need more defense for the most part.
1: Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, The next team we have is the Timberwolves. Uh, they're rumored with Tyus Jones, Doug McDermott, Monte Morris. Um, basically with this team, they're playing beyond, I think what any of us really expected. Yeah. Um, the doc kind of elaborates on that, but yeah, they need to add some pieces just like every other team, right? Um, they kind of have most of what you need, but if they need to add some experience, maybe some veteran leadership, and it seems like that's that's kind of who they're rumored with.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I could, I think maybe a good piece for them that I'm not seeing mentioned here would be like uh, Bruce Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's somebody that I think we could talk about with the Bucks before. He adds def- defense. He adds a veteran presence. He adds some shooting. And he's going to fit a lot of those holes and pretty much be a good player on any team. Um, so he could fit right in with the, the rules here.
1: Yeah, I like that as a fit for them. Uh, the next team we have is the Pelicans. So the Pelicans need to add another big man alongside Zion because um, Zion really isn't big other than yeah. round. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. Jared Allen is a target that's mentioned. I really just don't see him going anywhere. Uh, Yeah, that's
0: an insane take. I don't know who wrote the article that we're looking at. You know, all respect to them. But, man, Jared Allen is not going anywhere. I think maybe Mitchell Robinson could be a good take here because he's going to be a more affordable version of that and a big that could be, you know, defensively great in the paint and also a good rebounder. But Jared Allen, no.
1: Yeah. So we'll see what they end up doing. Um Pelicans are always a weird team to me. It always seems like kind of like uh how we talked about the Cavs, how they have what seems like Yeah,
0: they are like the same. A,
1: the A2 players, not the A1 guys. Um
0: they have so like two guess- guys, maybe even three guys. No, two guys that are on like the same tier at their best as uh Donovan Mitchell though. B.I. is an yeah. amazing player. And then, you know, I'd, th- I'd say half of Zion and half of C.J. McCollum makes one Donovan Mitchell.
1: Half of Zion's another point guard.
0: <laughs> just, I'm setting them up Keep and rolling. throwing them down. Just like Zion and Cheeseburgers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get away from the Pelicans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All okay. right,
1: the the Knicks, uh, another team that's rumored with some guards. Um, the doc kind of talked about that too. Um, they need to add a guard. They need to add someone next to Brunson. Um, another team that just lacks depth.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of some guard fits here, and it feels like another team that could use like some of the defensive shooting guard guys that we're talking about you know maybe Alex Caruso could actually go to the Knicks here I think they might actually have enough assets after well they did just trade for OG and Adobe, but I don't know that could be the play Bruce Brown maybe they should have gotten him back in the Raptors trade um or you know Malcolm Brogdon I feel like we keep mentioning the same guys over and over again which is why this is tough but it's most teams need a 3 and D wing a, a big rebounding defensive big man, or a defensive shooting guard. A lot of teams aren't, like, lacking the offensive firepower at the point guard position. And if they are, like, that's not their biggest hole.
1: Yeah. They just need to add some defense next to Brunson because, obviously, he's not going to be able to give you a defense down in the paint, like, if a guy drives. Like, so... Um, yeah, they need to add that defensive presence at the guard position for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, the next one is the Thunder. Um, This is an interesting one to me because they're such a young team with a bright future, and we've talked about how it could just be the Russell uh, Westbrook, James Harden, Kevin Durant thing all over again, Um, which we're hoping not because... I think as basketball fans, we wish that kind of never happened. Um, at least I do. That was pretty fun to watch. Um, so they're mentioned with some veteran guys because the team is so young. Um, and I could see why that makes sense. I just don't see why you would trade anything really when you have such a young team, like keep your pieces, keep your draft picks, make it happen through the draft like you have. Um, so that's kind of my take on that.
0: I completely agree, but I think I see one piece here that I actually like, which is Kelly Olynyk. He's going to not, I mean, theoretically it shouldn't cost you that much, but Danny Ainge is probably going to step between you and Kelly Olynyk and, you know, crush your hopes and dreams. But I think he could add some size outside of Chet on that team. And I think he could also be a good mentor for Chet. Um, you know, Kelly has a ton of experience in the league. He played for the Celtics for a little bit. I think I loved him. I know most people loved him. One playoff game, he had like 33 points. Lost yeah. my mind. Um, He, he has, he, you know, he's won games in the league, in the playoffs. He's played at that, you know, big position for a long time. And I think he could really help be a good role model for for Jet. jet Yeah. <laughs> the jet. Um Role <laughs> model for jet
1: yeah, so I could see that being a good fit as well. I just don't see the Jazz moving him. Um, Probably not. Yeah, that's the weird thing about the NBA is like there's only so many guys. So I don't know. Do, does a team that is trying to win like get rid of a guy? Probably not, right? But who knows? No.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Let's move on to the Magic. All
1: right. Yeah, so the Magic, um, it's an interesting one. I'll let you start off.
0: I love the Magic. I think they're an awesome team, but they can't keep you know running out the same guys at you know point guard. And they have like three guys that are not great. But Anthony Black has been running point guard for longer than he should between the injuries to Markel Fultz and the other guys there. I think they could use some you know, consistency at that position. But they could also make a big swing there. And I think, you know, Malcolm Brogdon is a good potential play there. Uh, Aphrodite Simmons could be a different type of guy that could fit into them. But it feels like the Magic actually have an identity and are probably going to try to make a, a push for the play-in and are hopefully buyers right now.
1: Yeah, and... It's another team that's super young and could definitely use a veteran presence just once again. Um, We see it all across the NBA. It seems like half of every single bench, probably 75% of every bench is like guys between the age of 18 and 20. Um, (laughs) So yeah, just another situation where veteran presence is needed.
0: 100%. Yeah. There's a bunch of teams like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the next one um, I think we'll have some fun talking about is the 76ers. Um, I mean, what do they do? You don't you don't know where you're going to be going into the playoffs. Um, you don't know how Tyrese Maxey is, uh, is going to lead you until then. And you don't know <laughs> if you are even going to be able to make a run if Embiid's not going to be healthy. So mm-hmm. what's the thinking here?
0: I think they want to get some scoring in defense um, and have that continue to next year. That's kind of the biggest thing is you don't want to throw all your chips in the center. You don't have that many to begin with as the 76ers to rely on, you know, Tyrese Maxey to get you to the playoffs. So Alex Caruso talked about him before. He could add some great defense to that team. Um, and could help, you know, lighten up the ball handling duties for Maxi. Another guy that could add some great three-point shooting uh, and some good offense would be Bogdan. Um, and it looks like the, the Hawks might be sellers at the deadline anyway if they move on uh, from DeJounte Murray. But it, it does feel like Bogdan might be a little bit of a bigger part of that core because he has been so consistent for, you know, a few years. But, you know, if they move on from him. I think he ends up with the Sixers.
1: Yeah, could be a good fit, but could be a waste of time too. Could be, for sure. All right, next one is the Suns. Um, so the Suns, as we know, kind of <laughs> traded everything away um, mm-hmm. for their studs. So they don't really have too many pieces. Uh, I don't. I don't know what they could possibly you know, muster up without completely fucking their future. Um, because they have Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, um, which is a great duo. Um, but obviously they need depth. Um, so you could pretty much plug in any name we've set in the last two podcasts. And I
0: think they're a good fit. I completely agree. Yeah. I I don't care if they completely (laughs) fuck their future. Um, (laughs) <laughs> they just have to go all in no matter what. Their future's already fucked if they don't win.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the whole point. They're they're here to win, and they're riding on the back of their stars.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's keep so, it rolling.
1: Maybe they could trade for some confidence for Bradley Beal <laughs> yeah. in the playoffs. Um, yeah. Portland Trailblazers. So, their number one need... Um, is draft picks.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: um, not sure. That's the number that. one need. Yeah, they are garbage. Um, they'll probably be in the same situation as the Pistons next year. Um, they're gonna trade everybody away, and rightfully so. I don't. I don't see why not.
0: Yeah, it sounds like Jeremy Grant might not want to be traded for them. Um, Too bad. <laughs> Yeah, he has a pretty good contract for five years, 160. Uh, I think he could be a good fit on a lot of these teams looking for, you know, that additional piece to move forward. But, yeah, right now they're sellers and they need draft picks. That's a good way to sum it up.
1: Yeah, and if they were to go get anybody, they need to get some young guy up and coming. Um, maybe not reaches full potential at all yet. Otherwise, you know, getting rid of any assets they have doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. Next we got the Kings. Um, so the Kings, as we know, they played a lot better last year. Um, and here they are again, playing solid basketball. They've got a well-rounded team. Um, what do they add to that?
0: Seems like wing scoring is the answer for them. Um, Kyle Kuzma, Bogdan, or as we just talked about, Jeremy Grant would all fit that role. There really aren't that many other guys. Uh, I think we mentioned maybe a couple of others on the other episode that would fill that wing scoring need. But they're in a tough spot, and that's kind of all they need.
1: Yeah, I mean... With how well rounded their team is, Um, they only really have one guy who's like super top end of the league, which is obviously De'Aaron Fox. Um, Outside of him, like they have other great players, Um, but nobody on that tier. Oh shit, I forgot about him. (laughs) I think Savonis is very good. Yeah, (laughs) forgot about him. Yep, Savonis is right there too, but once again, like as we see in this modern NBA, if you don't have three guys and you have two, you need a ton of depth. Um, So that seems like the answer here.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. Um, Kind of on the same topic as the trailblazers. We got the Spurs. They need picks or a young guy. Um, Outside of that, I I don't, I don't really see a point in really. I think outside of that, we got to,
0: Good point from the doc. And that interview should be coming up almost any moment now. Um, (laughs) We got three more teams. Yeah, After three more teams, you guys are going to be hearing who might be going back to the Spurs.
1: All right. Don't spoil it. (laughs) All right. The Raptors. Obviously, they've already offloaded. um, They'll probably continue. So...
0: They need to sell Bruce Brown.
1: Yes. Bruce
0: Brown, Dennis Schroeder. These guys just need to get moved and they need to go get Mm -hmm. draft picks, maybe young players. Doesn't feel like a ton of teams are trading young players right now, to be honest. Uh, A lot of teams are kind of just holding on to them like the magic. Maybe, Maybe they go get Jonathan Isaac just for fun. But yeah, it feels like draft picks and trading those older guys for that. No brainer.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you get enough draft picks, maybe, maybe you're on the same page as where the Thunder were a few years ago. Um, it'll be interesting to see how a bunch of these rebuilds go. Uh, mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, seems like draft picks are pretty much the answer in this case. Get rid of guys that you do have. Yes, sir. All right. Next is the Jazz. Um, is there anybody you would like to see the Jazz target?
0: No, I think they should be sellers. I mean, I know they've played good basketball recently, but they do have Kelly Olenek and Jordan Clarkson. Both those guys could fetch probably multiple. Maybe not Kelly Olenek, but I think Jordan Clarkson could probably get you two first. Kelly Olenek probably one. Um, and I think those are deals that I'd be willing to make if I were to any age, um, just to kind of reset a little bit around Lori Markin and, and some of those other guys. Jazz are a good team, but... It's not like they're going to go make the play on this year. Um, I think they need to have that understanding and move off of those older guys.
1: Yeah, that's probably a smart move.
0: Maybe a dark horse team for DeJounte Murray, though. Like, insane take. But they have a few pieces, and it feels like Danny Ainge likes to acquire guys like that when they're available, available, so... I could see it happening
1: yeah that would make sense i mean think about the bunch of times that he traded for some guys who maybe in his mind hadn't reached their full potential 100%.
0: yeah they're a very interesting team and i think they're gonna be a lot better next year and especially the year after that i think they're a playoff team
1: mm-hmm. all right and another boring one the washington wizards
0: yeah. <laughs> you gotta move Kuzma. Um the the only question I have for the Wizards is are you gonna keep Denny Avdia? Because I think he's a really solid player and is a wing scorer that plays some good defense. I think he's like six eight, six ten. Um but yeah, there's a chance that he's at his peak right now. I don't think... I mean, he's one of those guys that, like, isn't going to progress too much further than where he is right now. So, there's a chance that you sell him at his high and to a contender that needs that wing scoring. And we've talked about so many of those teams. Maybe sell him to the Kings. Um, you get something great for him. But that's about it. And, yeah. yeah maybe move off Kyle Kuzma. Yeah.
1: They got to move some pieces. I mean... There's there's nothing to be had there with that that roster really. Um, it's not going anywhere. Uh, it's not exactly a free agent destination as we've seen in the past. Trying to build around mm-hmm. John Wall and Bradley Beal, they couldn't get anybody. So I think uh, I think the answer here is you just got to build through the draft again, like a lot of these teams.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think they're pretty well, you know, situated to do so with the assets from the bill trade so we'll see what happens
1: yeah should we uh dish it to the doc
0: let's dish it to the doc and then we will check back in with you guys before we end the show all right joining us over zoom we have a special guest today uh the nba doc uh a close friend who is willing to join us on the podcast Welcome to the podcast, man.
2: Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Can't wait to um, spit some games, spit some knowledge, and see what happens. Welcome, Doc.
0: <laughs> All right. So we got a bunch of questions for you. You know, as we transition from mostly NFL coverage in the podcast to the mostly NBA coverage, there's a lot of stuff that we have to fill ourselves in on uh, and a lot of catching up to do. So this is kind of our NBA preview for the podcast. Uh, we figured we'd bring on a, an expert in the doc um so I guess a few questions to ask you let's start off with who's your MVP right now uh we saw the Joel Embiid injury and what's your take on that
2: um MVP right now ah it's a tough one It's a tough one we got a lot going on in the NBA right now I think the NBA in general um the top teams are very close so I don't know if we can make Picks about who's gonna be number one right now. Um, in terms of the top four, got Jokic obviously shy. He's up there, Luka too. I'm gonna to put Tatum in there as well. He is the best player on the best team. He might not be having the same stats as those other players, but those are the top four that I see right now. And I think depending on how the rest of the season goes, how records shape up at the end, how media wants to portray it, it's gonna be between those four guys, especially Joe Embiid now being out for probably a month to two. Um, I think he was already ten games away somewhere around there from being disqualified regardless. So I, the injury for me doesn't make that big of a difference, but that um, that just kind of solidifies it for him. So one guy you didn't mention is Giannis.
1: Um, we kind of talked about him in our last podcast. His odds are currently plus 900. Um, I think it actually changed today to plus 850. Um, why don't you have him in that top four?
2: I like Giannis a lot personally. I do like him. He is that he does have it under his belt already. Um the Bucks are a decent team this year. They are a good statistical team. I do have a lot of question marks for them in terms of the coaching fiasco that they have been through recently. Mm. Um also along with Damian Lillard, big question marks on him in regard to consistency, especially this year. I don't know, maybe it turns around when he gets to the playoffs and such, but we'll go from there. Um Giannis has been having a great year, great statistical year. Could still be voter fatigue just because he has won it already before, but you can also make the same case for Jokic. Um, so I'd say he's also up there too. Um probably interchangeable with the rest of those guys, but we'll see how he does when he comes out of the East, and especially if the Celtics do come out the number one seed uh with a big lead in the standings. I don't see him making as big of a case for it.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Feels like some of those voters have gotten some Giannis fatigue as well, so I think that could contribute to it um i think one thing important for us to catch up on the nba you know we have a good idea of the season and and the season standings from last year but who are your most improved teams and who are the teams that have fallen off the most
2: um so most improved teams i guess i'll start from the east first i'd say probably my number one most improved team this could go either way to be honest but i say pacers is up there for number one um I think haliburton has been absolutely amazing this year miles turner has been playing extremely well this year um they also added siakam onto their team i think that's probably one of the bigger trades that are going to be made regardless um 100%. even with the trade deadline coming up um i don't think that it makes them a contender per se i don't think siakam is a needle mover by any means of the of the word but I do think that it puts them into that category of teams that you do not want to see playing in the first round of the playoffs.
0: Yeah, makes sense. What do you got for the West?
2: West? Uh, I mean, I got to go Thunder with the West, to be completely honest. It could, it could also be T-Wolves, too. Both of them have mm-hmm. just been great teams. SGA has been amazing. Ant's been amazing. Um, Chet has been doing absolutely amazing this year I think the extra year of being injured And just being in an NBA environment has helped him a lot Jalen Williams especially Has been a very pleasant surprise to them as well Solidifying himself solidifying himself As a third man um, I don't know, in my eyes they kind of have That KD-Russ-Harden thing Going on again right now So uh, that's been interesting to see And then T-Wolves obviously with Ant has been great Cat has had a really good season A little, more, a little bit more inconsistent but also still Has had a very good season, and then Gobert is just doing Gobert things with all the defense that he plays, clogging up the um, clogging up the paint, and then also sneaky saw this today. Um, Mike Conley has been amazing for them off the bench. Um, He's been doing great, and he has a five point nine turnover to assist ratio, which is kind of insane. That's fair off the bench, especially especially player has been in the league for a while, kind of old, but he's got that experience. So I would think both of those two teams have been doing great.
1: Yeah, we kind of referenced the Harden. Westbrook KD okay. thing the other night. Um, so that was kind of funny. But um, who do you have right now as kind of I guess your favorite from each each conference?
2: Um, not to be biased but I do have to say the Celtics. Coming yeah. out of the East. I think they They are the A1 personally. Um, the, they have the best five men in the league. Best starting five in the league. Their bench still needs a little bit of work but with the trade deadline coming around. They got that uh, trade TPE to use, too, so I think they could really buff up their team, their bench, hopefully. Um, I know for the first 50 games of the year, they've had the third-hardest schedule, and they're first in the East right now by a good margin, and now have the second-easiest schedule for the remaining 32 games after the All-Star break. So I'm sure they can solidify their lead as first and take that momentum with them into the playoffs. Um, below them, I'd put the Bucks. I Like I said, I do have the question marks about them regarding coaching, Dame um their defensiveness, obviously with losing Drew Holiday. Um mm-hmm. and then Cavs and Knicks obviously can make some noise in the East too, but I'm not too too sure about those ones. I think they make it second round definitely. Maybe they make it to the conference finals, but we'll see from there. And then obviously the Heat are always the dark horse. So we'll see how they turn around turn around their season towards the end of the towards the end of the season.
0: Yeah, makes a ton of sense. I, I like a lot of those picks. Um, I think one thing to consider when we're talking about, you know, teams coming out of the east, teams coming out of the West is we're coming right up on the trade deadline. Um, do you have any trades or, you know, trade pieces or teams that you could see involved in these trades that, you know, you're keeping an eye on or, you know, what do you, what do you think there?
2: So personally for the trade deadline, um, in recent memory, I think this is probably one of the weaker trader deadlines I remember. Um, I think that has a lot of reasons. Um, I think all the big trades have basically happened already throughout the entire course of the year. Harden and the Clippers was the big one. OG to the Knicks, Yakima to the Pacers, you know, Rosier to the Heat, just to name a couple. But those are are the big ones, and those got done before the trade deadline. I don't think there's that many big names still left that could be traded. I think the biggest right now is probably DeJounte. He's in a good amount of trade rumors, maybe to the Knicks, maybe to the Lakers. I don't know. They've kind of died down a little bit uh bulls have some trade rumors maybe to but he's got a bad contract he's not doing eh. caruso's in there as well they did have levine levine and trade contracts but um now that he has the season enduring season ending injury um i don't think he's gonna be he's gonna be going anywhere so i don't think many trades are gonna get made i think if you do see a trade being made before the deadline it's gonna be bench pieces getting moved um either to add depth or to just give a couple more draft picks to teams who are tanking right now
0: yeah saw a lot of sense there too
1: yeah, you mentioned uh, the Cavs, and we we were kind of talking about them and um, and why we didn't think uh, they could really compete. Um, currently, they're sitting at tied for second, um, five games behind the Celtics. Um, kind of, what's your reasoning for not believing in them?
2: I just don't think that they have all the pieces that you might need for it. I think Don Mitchell's a great player. I think Evan Mobley is a great up and coming player. Jared Allen's very nice um Darius Garland is also in the conversation as well they do have good pieces all around I don't know if any of them have that NBA playoffs conference finals experience finals experience so I think they are an unexperienced team um and I also just don't think that they have what it takes to compete when it gets to the later rounds in the playoffs but like I said I do think that they can make some noise and could they make it to the conference finals absolutely I could see them upsetting one of the one of the teams in the east 100% but besides that I don't see them going too too far unless maybe they have a heat playoff run um last year but even that really wouldn't make too much sense because mm-hmm. they like you said they're tied for second in the east right now so they're up there they're good regular season but we'll see what happens from here on
0: all right i guess yeah we- it
1: seems like they have some well it seems like they have some pretty good depth
2: yeah yeah no, they definitely have good players on the team and i think they round out their team very well but is Donovan Mitchell enough to be the number one to push you into the playoffs and get you all the way to that point? I don't know about that one.
1: Yeah, that was kind
0: of our question. Sounds like yeah, our takes know, have been I decent know. so far.
2: <laughs> uh, <I was laughs> for we're, we're linking up, this is perfect.
0: Um I, I wanted to ask you about a couple, you know, crazy speculative trades. Saw a couple things. I mean, we've talked about a couple. We talked about Jaron Jackson Jr. to the Celtics for Jalen Brown. It's kind of a ridiculous thing, and That's then wild, one other thing that came up is LeBron James, uh, said that he'd thought about you know being with the Knicks a few times in his career. Seems like Rich Paul kind of shut down the idea of him actually wanting a trade. But do you think there's any world in which the Lakers trade LeBron? And just for the fun of it, what do you think they'd get for him?
2: I'd say if the Lakers do trade LeBron, Genie Bus and Rob Plinka have some of the biggest nuts on this planet <laughs> to move lebron james unwillingly from an nba team would be an insane ask of anybody in the franchise that man is too big to fail but i don't even know there are a few teams like well, it's tough at this point because i mean how many teams want lebron james obviously every single team wants lebron james but how many teams are willing to give up what they need to give up to get lebron james and mm-hmm. still see themselves in a winning position so I don't know what they get for him, to be completely honest. I'm sure it'd have to be upwards of four or five first-rounders, a couple second-rounders, probably like three good bench players at least. So I don't know too much about that in that portion of it, but it would be very interesting to see LeBron get traded, although I don't think that's going to happen in any any means.
1: Yeah, but the one thing that I kind of question as someone – who, who I guess is maybe not, like, familiar with, like, a dynasty basketball, um, like, fantasy perspective. Um, because, like, obviously that kind of correlates to how real trades go down. Um, so you really think that they could kind of fetch that kind of price for LeBron if they were to trade him? Because realistically he's got, what, two years at most left?
2: do i think he's worth that price no absolutely not as a player i don't think he's worth that price however when you get lebron james on your team it is not just lebron james that you're getting on your team you're getting everything that comes with lebron james being on your team so the money alone brought into that will drive up his price and that won't be something that you can refer to per se on the on paper because you can't how do you quantify how much money a player brings into your franchise in terms of draft picks right that doesn't make too, too much sense but Asking Price for something like that to happen would be, I, I think it would be a bit ridiculous and not worth it, obviously, at this point, which is another reason why it leads me to believe that no team will actually trade for LeBron just because of how much they'd have to give it for him. And even though he is still putting up 26, 27 points a game, year 38, I, I, I don't know how many teams would want to make that investment at the moment. Mm-hmm.
0: I guess uh, one other player that I wanted to ask about and a player that we've... Seen in some trade discussions, but you know, it seems like his contract extension talks sold out. Is Clay Thompson? Uh do you think the Warriors dynasty is dead? Or do you think they're gonna maybe add a piece and pick it up? Uh try to run it back this year, make another, you know, late season resurgence, or are we seeing, you know, what finally looks like the end of the Warriors here?
2: Yeah, so the Warriors are also on one of my teams in the West that have been the biggest disappointment this year, um, for pretty obvious reasons. I think the team in general is still kind of uh eh. I think the whole off-season situation with Draymond and Jordan, how to, sit, how to play into things. His suspensions throughout the season have been a completely other thing. Clay playing this year has just been god-awful to watch, and it's only getting worse, really. So I don't know if they got the team right now. They do have Steph going crazy. He put up 60 that other night. They have. I think Kaminga's great. I think he's going to be a great player, too. He's probably their one good young piece. Him and... Brandon starts with PF P. I'm blanking on his last name, but him, those, those two are pretty good. And I just saw notification today that Wiggins is currently in some trade rumors right now. Mm. So I think that they're in the process of blowing it up because I don't know how much they can realistically put onto their team to make them into a competitor versus what, what's out there right now, especially in the West too. The West is too strong right now. So I don't see them, I don't see them making a late push by any means. So I
1: guess the, uh, kind of problem here right is that they have Steph (laughs) Um, if they're to you know sell every piece that they have on the team like what happens with Steph
0: I guess
2: it just depends on what they can get back for what they sell for the team I mean how many players are available at this point that can really make a change not too many so unless players want to make a big trade but it's also what do they have to trade Because realistically, Draymond has no trade value. Clay has no trade value. Wiggins probably has a little bit of trade value. We'll see how that goes, especially with the trade deadline not being too, too active. I'd say Kaminga is probably number one on their trade value list, but I don't see them letting him go at the moment, unless they really, really want to make a late push and then use him as kind of the centerpiece in a trade package, which I think some teams would bite for. But I don't know who they'd be getting back for that realistically.
1: Yeah, and they're also well into the luxury tech, so <laughs> that that also makes a difference in what they're able to do.
2: Yeah, they are, they are not the best setup right now. Um, I think they are definitely on the latter stage, and I am not sad about it at all. I hate the Warriors <laughs> franchise, and I am very glad to see them go down, burning and crashing.
0: All right. I want to ask you about kind of the biggest piece of the trade deadline. I think we we missed uh, DeJounte Murray. Where do you think DeJounte Murray ends up? What do you think he fetches uh, in a trade package? Um, Do you think it's really worth it trading for him when he feels like he's kind of given up on the defensive side of the ball for the Hawks? Uh, Is that just kind of more of a phase or do you think that's something that's going to stay stick with him for the rest of his career?
2: um i really i kind of think it's a phase to be honest i am a big dejounte murray fan personally i love the way that he plays i think that is more of a testament defensively toward the hawks as a team okay. because they are a horrible defensive team and have been a horrible defensive team ever since Trae young got onto the team the <laughs> hawks are also in my other conversation of one of the more disappointing teams in the east just because i think it's over with what they got going on they made they don't really get Trey any help at all. The only thing they really did of note over the off season was get rid of uh, John Collins for some potato chips, a couple draft picks, nothing mm-hmm. crazy, right? So they don't add anything to him. I think trade packages for DeJounte um I think Lakers were the big ones but now that kind of cooled off a little bit I know are in the running for that so that'd be interesting though I don't know what they'd give up just to put him next to Jalen Brunson who's also having a sneaky MVP season I don't know if I'm going to put him up there exactly but he's having an amazing season this year um I know another interesting trade package I saw would be DeJounte back to the Spurs which I personally <laughs> would love to see and I think the Spurs have the ability to make it happen so I think if you combine Jante with Victor, that, that could be crazy. We could be seeing something crazy down there. But um, I don't know. We'll see. But I guess most trade talks have cooled off regarding him. So I really don't know what the Hawks do at this point. Their franchise is uh, slightly incompetent, to be completely honest. <laughs> sure seems like it. Yeah, they don't. They don't help out any
1: other players at all. Um, something we talked about the other night um was what's going on with Detroit because we were talking about some of the potential trades that could happen and Detroit was mentioned in a couple um trades with receiving guys, a couple sending like where where do they go
2: Yeah, I'm I'm being completely honest, I have watched an abysmal amount of Detroit Pistons games this year, which I'm sure <laughs> I don't I don't blame also. you yeah, I'm sure most people are in the exact same boat as me on that one. So I don't know too too much about their team and the depth that they got going on. I know they got Asar on their team. He's great. Uh, they got Kay Cunningham, obviously. Um, Jaden Ivey's alright, um, I guess. Killian Hayes, he's making trade requests. So I don't really know what's going on in Detroit at the moment. He's not nearly good enough to be making trade requests right now. So I... Maybe they trade off a couple of their older guys. I'm not too, too sure what the vets on their team are looking like right now. Maybe they can get a couple second rounders back for that first at most. But I think they just keep going with what and keep going with the tank right now. Their season's too far gone to be redeemable to any, any mean, any means. So they keep going with that. Use their draft picks. Hopefully they hit on one, although this is a pretty weak draft class coming up. So we'll see what happens with them in the off season. But I don't see them making too, too much noise, especially since Detroit is not a hot. place of um not exactly a free agent uh destination
0: (laughs) all right so appreciate you again for being our first interview i want to ask you one more question before we let you go here uh who is your favorite and you can't say the celtics this year who do you have to win it all
2: who do i have to win it all this year and i can't say the celtics (laughs) I think they're. I think if you take the Celtics out of the equation, because like I said, I think they do have the best starting five in the league, and with a couple minor tweaks to our bench, I think it would be a great team overall. Consistency is obviously their number one thing, and it's always been their number one thing. But taking them out of the equation, I think it opens it up a little bit. I don't know if there's a clear cut number two from what I've seen. Um, obviously, OKC and the T Wolves are leading it out in the West right now, but both of them are pretty young and experienced teams, mm. especially OKC. So do I think that they make noise in the playoffs? Absolutely. Do I see one of those two making it to the Western Conference Finals? Absolutely. Who are they going to see right there? They're going to see the Nuggets right, right there. I don't think the Nuggets are going to be going anywhere. They lost Bruce Brown um, over the offseason, obviously, but their team is still good as ever. Um Yeah, they're just a great team overall. So I think besides them, it's going to be it's going to be those three up there. I think the Clippers definitely make an argument for it too, but that is going to be big question marks around if they can keep their starting five healthy especially with the wear and tear that all of them have on their bodies at this point, it is a bit of an older team. So we'll see. Hopefully they don't have too many game seven playoff series. Cause if they have too many of them, by the time it comes to the Western conference finals, I don't know how they'll hold up. Yeah. So I think they're big contenders too. And then out in the East, like I said, bucks are there, but besides that Knicks, I don't know, Cavs, but neither of them, I see them. I see them getting, it's either going to be bucks or Celtics coming out this time too.
0: All right. Well, appreciate you for being our first guest. As I said, you know, yeah, it's great. Which in favors you. the bold or whatever, you know, Matt Damon, Carpet Damon, like
1: <laughs> the brave,
0: the brave, whatever. Uh, whatever saying works best. Yeah, right. man. Appreciate you know having you, Doc, and hopefully we'll have you back for more.
2: Yeah, absolutely. If you Next guys time. want to have me, hop back on. <laughs>
0: all right everybody hope you appreciated the interview with the doctor um there should be more like that to come in the future uh we have a few guests that are interested in coming on the podcast as we continue to grow here um yeah just a reminder uh you know we're trying to grow right now so we started TikTok. we have youtube where we post you know the videos from this podcast and if you want to go check it out that would be much appreciated over there if you, you know, like subscribe and hit the bell there. Um, and then wherever you guys are watching the podcast, if you wouldn't mind giving it a rating, sharing with friends, um, and making sure to hit the follow button. You know, get notified whenever we post podcasts. Sure to improve on the quality and you know, keep the hot takes and, and shit coming. So thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you.